We're talking along the lines of physical healing. The enemy will try to just kind of dumb you down to get you to just live with things. And you don't want to live with anything that is not in the word. You don't want to get anything that God doesn't give you. You don't want to keep anything or have anything that the enemy would ever be the origin of. And, and I'm telling you, Satan is the origin of all sickness and all disease, and we don't want any part of it. So we're going to look at a scripture in James tonight, I believe, is if we get there. You know, in James, the pastor of Jerusalem, he made the statement, is there any sick among you? We, we wouldn't say that today. In the church, we'd say, hey, all of you who are sick. But I got to tell you, we're going to get to the place where sickness and disease is going to be eradicated from our midst. Amen. Amen. Here's the thing. You don't have to figure it out. You just sit under the word. You feed on the word. And the word works. The word will work mightily in you. Amen. Matthew chapter 8, verse 16. So remember, I would write this down, the definition of a symptom. Now we're talking along the lines of physical healing, so we're talking about a physical symptom. You have a symptom in your body, a fever, a sinus infection, pain in a joint, a tumor, whatever it is, a condition in your body that would be classified as sickness and disease, a symptom is defined as this. It's the physical manifestation of a spiritual attack. The symptom, you got to realize this. The symptom is an outward showing that there's an inward spiritual attack against your life. We don't fear symptoms. See, we think, we think, well, if I have a symptom, then I have the disease. I want you to get that out of your thinking. Because what's, what a symptom does is it tempts you to take the sickness or disease in the same way that Satan is always tempting you to take a sin. Right? He'll throw thoughts Right? Don't thoughts? Have you ever been tempted? A thought, is, it comes into your mind to do something that you know is not right. It's tempting you to take sin. Think of a symptom as something that is trying, it's a spiritual attack that's trying to get you to take that. So this is the thing. Have you ever had a pain hit you? Depending on where it hits you, Ooh, man, this is, I, I, wonder, I wonder if I have pancreatic cancer, right? Or, or whatever, whatever it could be. You don't want to take it. You want to realize if there's a symptom, that is a physical manifestation that you're being attacked spiritually, okay? If all, if all the origin of all sickness and disease is spiritual, and we know that, because God, at the end of creation, he never, did you ever see, well, today, on the fourth day, and God said, let there be cancer. No, nope, it's not in there, is it? Cancer doesn't show up, sickness and disease, none of that shows up until after Adam and Eve sinned. 
And, when, and it says it right there. Because of Adam's sin, death or sin entered the world, and then death came into the world because of sin. But we don't have to take this stuff. It's very important when you walk out your path, when you're walking in this earth, when you have a circumstance or a symptom or something that is not, does not line up with God's word, you need to answer it accurately with the word of God and answer it immediately. I, I refuse that. Now remember, you're not denying it. Well, pastor, what are you saying? So if I, if, 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 if I have a tumor in my body and it's been, they did an MRI and they, they've taken a biopsy and they've said it's cancer, what, are you saying that I'm just to say it's not cancer? No, 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 no. That is, a, that is the evidence that, that of a spiritual attack that's going on in your body. Don't take it. Father, I thank you that I have been, past tense, redeemed from the curse of sickness and disease. And 2,000 years ago, Jesus bore my sickness and carried my pain so that now by his stripes, I am healed. Right? So think of, think of a symptom this way. It's a physical manifestation of a spiritual attack. So now I want to, we've been talking about how God never changes. I want to go through a few scriptures and we want to talk in relation to how you can stand and enforce. You can enforce, you, need, you have to enforce your healing. How to do that. So Matthew chapter 8 verse 16 says, and when the even was come, or when the evening was come, they brought unto him many that were possessed with devils, and he cast out the spirits with his word and healed how many that were sick? All. all. You see this over and over. He healed all that were sick. That it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet. Now he's going to quote Isaiah 53.5 from the Septuagint, the Bible of Jesus' day, saying, himself took our infirmities. This word infirmities in the Greek literally means he took our sickness, right? He took our disease. He took our weakness. He took our, the word actually means strengthlessness. He took all of that. Do you know the reason a lot of times, and actually, I, I mean, the doctors in the house, they could probably tell me, but a lot of times pain is a result of a, lo a loss of strength. Well, I've got to tell you here, he, he, took, he took the sickness. He took the disease. He took our strengthlessness. And it says that he bore our sicknesses. God, will, he, he desires for you to walk free from these things. God will restore your strength. God will, he's carried away the pain so you don't have to. What you face, Jesus has already taken. In the same way that he took your sin and you'll never have to deal with them, in the same way, it's the same, the same way he took your sickness and carried your pain so you don't have to put up with it. Would you put up with a little spiritual death in your life? No. To be honest with you, a little spiritual death 
There's no such thing, really, is there? You're either alive spiritually or you're dead spiritually. Don't put up with, see, we put up with little things because we might have a drug that can kind of, what it does is it covers up the symptom. So now I can manage it. Don't do that. Because what happens is if you start managing some things and you allow them in your life, what happens if all of a sudden that drug doesn't manage it anymore? Right? This is why we constantly feed along the lines of the Word of God so that we get ahead of the ball game, and so that now the enemy prepares. When we go into a fight or where a symptom hits us, man, we're full, we know our rights, and we get it out of our life right away. So very important. In the Old Testament, we've been talking about this, obedience to God's word always resulted in healing. Okay? That's a pretty strong point. In the New Testament, obedience to Jesus always ends in healing. Everyone who came to Jesus in faith, everyone who came to him in faith for healing, every one of them received healing. We only have, we have certain examples in the Bible where it specifically says he goes to Nazareth and, he's, and he could there do no mighty works because of their unbelief. Woman with the issue of blood, you know, Jesus all of a sudden stops and says, who touched me? And Peter's like, well, what do you mean who touched you? Everybody's trying to touch you. But although a lot of people were touching, hoping something would happen, the one who touched him in faith, the power was, was put in place and it healed her body, made her whole. So, so let's look at this. Let's go to Matthew now. Go to Matthew chapter 14. Matthew chapter 14. Let's see another picture of Jesus. See, what you're going to see, this is what, week 10? On the subject of healing. Have we had one example that we've shown in the Bible where God looked at a person and said, I'm sorry, it's not my will to heal you. There's not one. There couldn't be one because God never changes and he's no respecter of persons. So if he's willing to heal one and not another, he just violated his word, which he can't do. Everything in God is for everyone. It's for whosoever will, let him come. It's he who has ears to hear, let him hear. The Holy Spirit's here tonight to help you hear, but you have to choose whether you have ears to hear or not, right? The Holy Spirit's here to minister to all that'll come, but you have to choose to come, right? So this is, the, the ball's in our court, in other words. So let's, let's look at this, Matthew chapter 19, or Matthew chapter 9, is that where I told you to go? Yeah, go to, go to 9, and then we'll go to 14 later. Let's go to, well, you know what, you're in 14, that's okay. Let's, let's stay in 14. Verse 35. Yeah, see, I'm messing up your notes. For those of you who, man, I'm like that too. Matthew chapter 14, verse 35. No, wait. No, I'm just teasing. I'm teasing. I'm teasing. Matthew chapter 14, verse 35 says this. And when the men of that place had knowledge of him, they sent out unto all that country round about and brought unto him all that were diseased, 
And they besought him that they might only touch the hem of his garment, that is the tassels coming off his prayer shawl. And as many as touched were made perfectly whole. Isn't that awesome? Could you imagine? They come to Jesus. They brought every sick person in the whole region and said, Jesus, can, can, can we just bring the sick up here and just let them touch the hem of your garment? Because we know, we've heard about it. Power, there's power. In the Old Testament, it said when Messiah would come, he'd have healing in his wings. That was, the wings were the, the little things dangling off the prayer shawl. As many as touched him were made perfectly whole. Healing belongs to all because Jesus has been sent. Healing belongs to you and I because Jesus has been sent. Isn't that good news? So now let's go to Matthew chapter 9. Matthew chapter 9 and verse 35 says this, And Jesus went about all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues, and preaching the gospel, preaching the good news of the kingdom, and healing every sickness and every disease. The Amplified Version says every manner of sickness and every manner of disease. Why does it say that? Because why? God's healing power covers all sickness and all disease. Deuteronomy, doesn't it say this in Deuteronomy 28.61, listing all of the sicknesses and diseases that were a result of the curse of the law. In verse 61 it says, in any other sickness that's not listed here. He has redeemed us from the curse of the law. What's really cool is Jesus, before he went to the cross, is operating in this anointing. Isn't that awesome? See, to God, when Jesus showed up, it was done. Actually, if we say it correctly, Jesus was crucified before the foundation of the world. See, God never fails. Everything that he says comes to pass. He tells the end from the beginning. Right? He, so he's telling you the end of a matter right now. He says that you're a world overcomer. You might be sitting here tonight and not feel like one, but God knows Oh man, I've made you a world overcomer. If you'll just walk with me, we'll walk that out. Yeah, absolutely. He'll walk you right out of sickness and disease into health and wholeness and strength. And there's nothing too hard for him. Yeah, but you don't understand. My back is deteriorated to the point where it's bone on bone. I don't have any more disc. Well, God could just put a new one in right? Because why? He said healing was, was yours. It's all, it's done. Isn't that good news? Yeah. Hebrews chapter 13, verse 8, you could just write this down. What does that say? Jesus Christ, the same yesterday and today, and he's the same forever. He always was a healer, he is a healer, and he always will be. That's kind of like when God said to Moses, I am that I am. That's kind of like in Psalm 103, when we went through that, all of his benefits, who healeth all your diseases. You can't tell the difference 
in the Hebrew, because the tenses are not used where they should be, it literally uses very specifically, it, the Holy Spirit did this on purpose. You can't tell if God healed us, is healing us, or will heal us, because yes. James chapter 1 and verse 17, what does that say? Every good and every perfect gift comes down from above from the Father of lights, in whom is no variableness. That means what he's done for one, he will do for all. If he's done it for one person, he'll do it for you. Isn't that amazing? Think about this. You got it. You got to see when you when you read these things, you realize God never changes. He's a healer. He's my healer. I don't have to put up with knee problems. I don't have to put up with neck problems. I don't have to put up with diabetes or, or I, I don't have to put up with depression or if I have chemical imbalances going on in my mind. I don't, I don't have to put up with any of it because Jesus already bore it. Oh, religion, religious people get mad at that. Don't preach that stuff because you're taking hope away from people. God surely hasn't provided healing for everybody. To that individual, I would say, simply read the Bible. Because this book talks so much about how God's a healer. The God of heaven tonight has no plans for you to ever have sickness and disease in your body. He has no plans for a sickness or disease or a weakness in your body to take you out early. He has no plans for it to weaken you where you can't serve him. Isn't that good news? And I got to tell you, we're going to keep saying it and preaching it and proclaiming it. And the vo it's, our voice is going to get bigger and bigger. But we're not just going to proclaim it in an intellectual or a doctrinal way. No, in demonstration. Right? In demonstration of the Spirit and power. We can boldly say this stuff because God backs up his word. Acts 10.38, look at what that says. You know, you, you know it, Acts 10.38. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost, even with power, who went about doing good and healing. I love this word healing. It's the Greek word iaomai. It means to progressively doctor and cure someone. Oh, we think that everybody got healed and just there was an instant manifestation. But you know, this word right here, Iaomai, it literally means a gradual, ongoing healing. The lepers were healed as they went. Have you ever been healed by God and you believe you receive and all of a sudden you start amending? And then it just kind of works for, see what happens is the healing power goes right, it comes right out of your spirit and it goes right to the core of what you're believing for and it kills the spiritual foundation of that sickness and disease. And then what happens now, the healing power of God will work and affect a cure in you from the tip of your head to the soles of your feet to your innermost being. It just works its way out. In the same way, when Jesus sent his word, he cursed that fig tree you couldn't tell for 24 hours. But 24 hours later, see, when he spoke it, he said, no man eat of you anymore. No man eat fruit of you anymore. When he said that, the, the power of God went in and went to the root of that tree and cursed it. 
But when the disciples walked by that evening, there was no difference in the tree. It was 24 hours later that Peter goes, wow, Jesus, that tree you cursed is withered, dried up from the root. That means it looked like it was hit by lightning. Even if you cut a tree down, it would be days before it would ever look like that, right? Maybe weeks. See, if you're waiting to see if it's working, you're going to be the last to know. But the healing power of God goes right to the root. So when you believe you receive, rejoice. He went about doing good and progressively doctoring and healing all. Look at what it says here. All that were oppressed of the devil. Jesus is calling sickness and disease spiritual oppression. That's why we say a symptom is an outward manifestation of a spiritual attack. Isn't that good? How did Jesus do that? For God was with him. Isn't that good? See, God, see, Jesus lived on this earth. He took all of his godly attributes and he laid them aside and he lived on this earth as you and I would live. He lived as an example. So what are we to do? You could say this, how God anointed Pastor Dave with the Holy Ghost and even with power who went about doing good and healing. Could we say that? Well, if you look at what Jesus said in the say, he said, hey, as the Father called me, so I'm calling you. So now, Pastor Dave, man, when he lays hands on the sick and people get better, and all of a sudden people are like, wow, Pastor Dave's a healer. He's like, whoa, whoa, wait a minute. No, no, I laid hands on him, but Jesus is the healer. In the same way Jesus is saying, hey, I'm not the one doing the works, my Father does the works. I'm only doing what he, see, what he tells me to do, what he shows me to do. Isn't that good news? Mark chapter 16. This will bring it all together for you. Go to Mark chapter 16, verse 17. I love this. Mark 16, 17. And these signs shall follow them that believe, semicolon. I would blot that semicolon out and put a period after name. There, and these signs shall follow them that believe in my name. They shall cast out devils. They shall speak with new tongues. Isn't that good news? They shall take up, what is it? What are they going to take up? Serpents. What is that? That's demonic forces. This word take up means carry away. They'll carry away demonic forces, and if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. They shall lay hands on the sick. See, if you believe in the name, you will lay hands on the sick. If you believe in the name. And not only that, and it says, and they shall recover. I love this passage of scripture because literally, if healing has passed away, then the name of Jesus has to have passed away. How are you healed? You and I are healed by putting the word of God into practice in our life. He sent his word and healed them. 
There's healing power in the Word of God. Jesus is the healer. He is the healer. You're healed by putting the Word into practice. Doesn't that make sense? How were you saved? You're saved by putting the Word in practice. You heard one day in Romans, you heard this and you said, okay, if you'll confess with your mouth Jesus as your Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. And you went, wow, I want to be saved. So Father, right now, I believe in my heart. I believe in my heart that you raised Jesus from the dead. And right now I confess with my mouth, Jesus, you are my Lord. I just put the word into practice. And when I said that, the Holy Spirit came into me, took out the spirit man that was dead and separated from God, put a brand new spirit in me. Now I'm born again, a new species. Old things are passed away. Everything's new. And then the Holy Spirit took up residency in my spirit for all eternity. He will never leave me for all eternity. I'm going to walk with the Holy Spirit for all eternity. Wow. They that believe in my name. See, we're saved by putting the word into practice. We're healed. Father, your word says in Galatians chapter 3, verse 13 and 14, that Jesus himself redeemed me from the curse of the law because he was made a curse for me. And according to Deuteronomy 28, it lays out the curses of the law. It includes sickness and disease, all of it. So Father, I thank you that I've been redeemed. I've been bought out of sickness and disease and now I've been put into divine healing and health, the kingdom of God. I thank you according to Matthew chapter 8, that Jesus himself bore this symptom, bore this sickness, bore this disease that I'm facing right now, and I don't have to put up with it, and I refuse to put up with it. Man, that makes God, that excites him, right? So you can go on and on. Father, I thank you, and I declare in the mouth of two or three witnesses, let me give you three. According to Psalm 107.20, he sent his word and healed me. Man, let's go four. Well, according to Psalm 103, right? That let's not forget all the benefits that we have in Christ. He heals all of my diseases. All of them. How did he do that? He bore them all. When? 2,000 years ago. How could he do that? Because the core of sickness and disease is spiritual. It's not physical. So don't, see, there's no time or distance in the spirit. That's how come you can believe God and the doctor could tell you the tumor grew. Who cares? Doesn't matter. Because you know what? It has to leave. Because the word is true. The only way it doesn't have to leave is if either the word's not true or if you and I do this. If we when we grab hold of healing, if we just get and just let go of it. But guess what? Here, this is so good. Since it's still yours, if you let go of it, and then all of a sudden, you come back to church and you hear another message and you're like, wait a minute, I am healed. You don't have to go back to step one. You just go over, what do you do? Yeah, you know what? I am healed. Father, I thank you. And what happens? You just turn the switch of faith on. So now the healing power starts working again. Well, why could, why if I let it go, does the healing power stop working? Oh, because God can't force anything on you. Because you have a will. Right? So I, I guess why I'm saying this over and over and over again. 
Guys, we put up with things. Don't. I hope tonight, this is what God's, God's been talking to me about this all day. It, it's just right now, inside me, there's a language, I believe, that I could really preach this. English, I'm a little struggling with it. But I'm just saying, we can't put up with it. Satan's defeated. He comes not, he doesn't come to just play with you. He wants to steal from you. He wants to kill things in your life and destroy them in a way where it shows the world God is not real and I'm not putting up with it. Right? I, I'm going to sit here. I don't care if everybody leaves. I'm going to sit here and go, Father, I believe your word. If they tell me, man, if you preach the word of God, we'll cut your head off. I'm preaching the word, and guess what? You're not cutting my head off unless I choose that. Why? Well, because he said the angel of the Lord encamps around about those that fear him. Study martyrs. Man, so many of them, they laid their life down. Right? How do you do that? Nero burns all these Christians at the stake. He puts tar all over them. And then he puts the poles all over his backyard courtyard so that when he's, and all the flames burning people. How would you like to have tar put all over you and then you're lit on fire? And you know history tells us it would drive Nero mad. He'd get so angry because out of the flames he would hear the Christians singing worship songs in part. Have you ever seen sing parts? Polycarp, the pastor of Smyrna, everybody loved this guy. And then one day everybody turned against him and said, hey, you either proclaim Caesar as God or we're going to burn you to the stake. He's like, I can't. He said, the one who I love so much and who loves me, how can I deny him? And when they burnt him to the stake and his body was engulfed in flames, they heard him singing praises. That doesn't sound like somebody that's in pain. I wonder if he's like, okay, Father, I thank you. I lay my life down. Jesus, I thank you that you bore my sickness, and I thank you that you carried my pain. So I'm coming home in a manner that's going to freak all these people out and hopefully win a bunch of them to the Lord. No defeat. See, how can, could you imagine? So the Golden State Warriors win the championship. They won. They got the trophy. They got the hats. They do all this stuff. And, and afterwards, afterwards, somebody comes up to him and says, hey, uh, you got to give up the trophy and those, those gigantic rings that you have. You got to give those back because you didn't win. They'd be like, what, where have you been? First of all, touch the ring and I'm going to slap you. And my hand's this big, because I'm a basketball player, right? You, bam. They would be like, what, wait, no, 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 no. You can't have that. I've already won. Right? You, you'd almost think, the, the Cubs win the World Series. How did I bring that up? I didn't bring up another team. I just brought the Cubs. Maybe that's a God thing. I don't know. But anyway, they come and say, no, 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 no. You guys really didn't win the World Series. you got to give it up. They'd be like, no, no, we already won. You can't take that away from us. In the history books, it's always going to be written. It will be written that I've already won. Guess what? It's already written, written that you've already won. Amen. 
It's already written that every physical sickness or disease that you will ever face in this life, you have already been healed of. And all you got to do is agree with it. Man, say law, we can go home, but we can't. So we have 19 individual cases of healing showcase. See, it's the same thing, guys. In life, you have already won. I'm telling you, you need to realize I'm not trying to get free. I'm already free. I am not trying to get and become successful. I already am. And because of who I am in Christ, everything's got to bow and come in line to that. And oh, right now, you know, I'm driving my little 73 Honda Civic. I might not look like a success, but you hide and watch because I am one. And you'll, you'll see it, but I already see it. Now, you will see it, but I see it now. Oh, you know, I don't care how crippled, how, what the doctor's saying, no hope. Listen, it's impossible for you and I to have no hope. Because hope is him. It's a person. Well, Lazarus will be raised from the dead, Jesus, on, on the resurrection. Mary, I am the resurrection. Right? See, our healer is a person. And he lives and dwells in us, and we live and dwell in him. Oh, this is this revelation of how much God loves us, and this revelation that we are already complete in him is going to hit. See, we think that when we get the ring and the trophy is when we win. No, we get the ring and the trophy because it's already over and Jesus already won and therefore we already win. So now we enforce our victory. I enforce my healing. I enforce my prosperity. I enforce the fact that my flesh is not going to rule my body. Does that make sense? I enforce soundness in my body, soundness in my mind, soundness in my family. I enforce these things, and I refuse. If I see it in here, I want all of it. And you think, oh, you greedy person. Oh, no, no, I want all of it because that brings honor to the one who gave it to me. It is time that we see who we are. Oh, Satan will talk to me. He'll talk to me about, man, you know, this church is never going to become, and you're never going to be the pastor that you really want to be. And, this. and I'm like, whoa, we're not trying to become. We already are. And because we already are, and because we know that, hide and watch, you can't stop any of it. Right? And we're, we're not going to, we don't succeed on an earthly level. No, we succeed on a divine level. Because I haven't been given natural life. I've been given Zoe life. That's how come when I'm out in the world, I gotta, I gotta tell people. I gotta tell people the good news. It's so, it's good news. We're free. We're free. So, 19 individual cases. I've said this before. I hope you know this. In Jesus' ministry, the Holy Spirit saw fit to showcase 19 individual cases of healing. Now, 
John says if, if everything Jesus did was written in books, the world couldn't contain it. But he showcased 19. I believe those 19 cases, they give us a full picture at every angle of everything we'll ever face. And in every one of them, you never once see Jesus saying no. You never see, hear him saying wait. You never hear him saying, well, listen, I've got a higher plan for you. No. Nope. It's always, of course I will. Of course I can. Go and, you know, be whole. Isn't that awesome? 14 of the 19, the person's faith was the determining factor in their healing. It didn't showcase the power of God. It says the person's faith was the determining factor. Woman with the issue of blood. Woman, your faith made you whole. Interesting. If the primary reason Jesus healed was to show that he was the Son of God, then why does it show in the ministry of Jesus that the determining factor was the person's faith? Do you see that? And guys, he wants every little tiny shred of sickness, disease, and weakness. He wants it completely out of your body as you're going out and now ministering to others. But now don't wait till it's all out of your body to go minister to others. Amen. Be led by the Spirit of God and you'll be shocked. Because what will happen to some is you get so consumed in, Lord, I'm just going to follow you. And he's like, minister to that person, minister to this person. And you get so, you hear about somebody in the church that's, that's believing God and you're hooking up with them in faith, believing for their healing. Pretty soon, you forget about yours. And then you wake up one day and you get out of bed or you bend your knee and go, Ooh, wait, what? Because while you're seeking first the kingdom, he's adding everything to you. It's awesome. Mark chapter 6, verse 1, And he went out from there and came to his own country, and his disciples followed him. And when the Sabbath day was come, he began to teach in the synagogue, and many hearing him were astonished, saying... Now, now notice, he began to teach. It doesn't say he completed it. It just says he began to. Because I got to tell you, the minute that this happened, and many hearing him were astonished, saying, from where has this man these things? The minute they started saying that, Jesus went from teaching to stopping. Why? Because God does not push him on himself on anybody. Jesus is not trying to persuade people. The Lord talks to me all the time. Man, you just need to just tell people the truth of the word. We, I'm not going to debate. I'm not going to wear myself out hoping that this person will make the right choice. It's their decision. I'm going to focus, because have you ever noticed when, I, when somebody's hungry, I could be going this way, but when somebody's hungry, man, I'd rather spend 100 hours 
with Howard than, than spend 30 seconds with somebody who goes, well, I just don't believe that. Okay. All right, that, that's great. And then I'll, I'll pray for him if the Lord will stir me to pray for him. And, and, you know, I'll pray that the Lord will reveal something. But for me to sit there and try to, come on, let me persuade you, no life in it. If you be willing and obedient, you'll eat the good of the land. See, this is the way God is. And he began to teach. And then they start saying this nonsense. And from where has this man, these, this man, these things? And what wisdom is this which is given to him? That even such mighty works are wrought by his hands. I wonder if this wasn't said sarcastically. I wonder, because I wonder, because there was no faith there, because he couldn't hardly do anything. I wonder if they were just, have you ever seen somebody who doesn't believe just expound? You know, and, and could you just imagine them saying this? And what wisdom is this which is given unto him? I mean, it's almost like they're mocking Jesus. That even such mighty works, they don't even believe it. We're done by his hands. Is not this the carpenter, the son of Mary, the brother of James and Joseph? Joseph, that would it's Joseph, basically. And of Judah and Simon. And are not his sisters here with us? And they were offended by him. Here's the word offended. It's the Greek word that means to be entrapped and then tripped up to where now it causes you to distrust. Be careful with offense because it'll entrap you. You start taking thoughts that are not from the word and then you start taking them by saying them. And boy, you got to be careful because when you, because I mean, it's like, it's like the trap's going to get you. You've taken the thought pretty soon. Now you're talking about it all the time. Talking about that pastor or that church or that brother or sister. All the time, you'll be entrapped, you'll be tripped up, and it'll cause you to distrust the very people that God is bringing into your life to help you. God sent Jesus. Why did Jesus go back to his own town? Because if you look at why he went everywhere, it's because the Father wanted him to. There was a purpose for it. He was to go back there in his hometown and eradicate sickness and disease. But they're like, well, who is this guy? And they were offended by him. Oh, my goodness. But Jesus said unto them, a prophet is not without honor, but in his own country and among his own kin and in his own house. Could you imagine? Put yourself in Jesus' shoes. He grew up here. Listen, this wasn't like he went into L.A. These, these, these towns were small. He knew everybody in that town. He knew everybody. And could you imagine his excitement? Father, you're leading me back to my hometown. Man, I went into this one region, and Father, you healed everybody. And now I get to go back to my hometown. They're going to, man, they're just going to, every one of them, sister so-and-so, who, who I, when I was a little kid, I saw her. She's been crippled. 
and she's going to get healed. And then he starts ministering, and all of a sudden they're like, wait, whoa, whoa, who is this guy? And it says, he there could do no mighty works, except he laid hands upon a few sick folk. That means people with minor ailments. That means even when they were offended by him, God the Father, through Jesus, was still looking. But wait, I know they're making fun of my son, but is there, is there anybody? Oh my gosh, here's one. Yeah, you have a headache. Well, at least I could, I could get you healed. Isn't that, see, do you see how God is? He's always looking. He, he doesn't get offended when people reject him. Aren't you glad? Amen. Have you ever been prompted to pray and forgot? Just, or, or just decided not to? Have you, ever, have, have you ever done something that, if somebody did that to you, you might get a little upset? Notice how God doesn't. He just, he just tries to find another way because he's trying to get you in a position where you'll, you'll, you'll open up to him so he can bless you. Why? Because he's gracious. He's disposed to show favor. I love that. And he healed them. And look at what Jesus did. And he marveled because of their unbelief. Notice it didn't say he got upset. Notice it didn't say, well, whatever, you people. No, he marveled at their unbelief. And then what did he do? He went round about the villages teaching. Why? Because teaching the word of God produces faith so that people can receive. So it didn't slow Jesus down, so don't you, be getting, don't, don't you get slowed down. Man, Satan will want you to spend all your time with people that don't want to change. Forget that. Offer it to everybody, but man, let God lead you. And don't ever, don't ever worry if somebody gets mad. Right? John, what a wonderful testimony Sunday. Could you imagine if John would have went, ooh, that guy got ticked, I better not ever talk about God anymore. He wouldn't, he wouldn't be saved. So don't be moved. What, what am I saying? Don't be moved by people. Be moved by him. Amen? In the book of Acts, there are nine healing events. Nine of them that are showcased by the Holy Spirit. Out of, now, this is the Acts of the Holy Spirit. We, we are, the, Acts, the book of Acts is still being written through our lives now. But there were nine healing events. We're going to end up going through all of them. But I want you to look at Acts chapter 5 tonight in verse 15. Acts 5, 15. In Acts 5, 15, it says, Insomuch that they brought forth the sick into the streets. This is in the Greek, it says, they would have brought the sick into every street. So that, that's the literal meaning insomuch that they brought forth the sick into every street and laid them on beds and couches. Could you imagine? In this village, every, every street you walk down, you'd see beds and couches with sick people. Why did they do that? That at the least, the shadow of Peter passing by might overshadow some of them. Could you... You talk about an expectancy. Could you imagine Dr. Ruthry? She's going to do her rounds. And all of a sudden, 
You, she's walking and, and the people are not in their, in their room. I mean, their family is like, hey, roll the bed out there because maybe Dr. Ruthry's shadow might overshadow me and God will heal me. I'm telling you guys, this is, this is what God wants in the earth. He wants the world to know that he's a healer. And if we'll believe it, he'll do miracles in our midst. I believe we'll see a day when that whole hallway will be filled with beds, wheelchairs, people with IVs and all kinds of stuff. And at the end of the service, it'll, we'll, we'll have to figure out what to do with them because it'll all be empty. They'll all be well. I'm telling you, God's a healer. It's not us. It's God. That's his word. And it says here, verse 16, there came also a multitude out of the cities roundabout unto Jerusalem, bringing sick folks and them which were vexed with unclean spirits. And they were healed, every one, by the man who denied Jesus three times. I'd say Peter finished pretty strong. But oh wait, it wasn't Peter, it was the grace of God that worked in him. Vexed with unclean spirits. This word, the Lord really pressed me to, to look at this word. That word vexed, it literally means to be tormented or harassed. It literally means to wear down. Have you ever felt worn down? That's the enemy, man. You don't, you don't need to let him in your life at all. But this word means to be worn down with toil. Very specific in the Greek. Toil will wear you down. Satan and all those little demonic forces that are assigned against you will throw thought after thought after thought after thought to try to get you to start talking. Man, I, I just have way too much to do. I don't know how I'm going to get all this done. I am so stressed. I've got deadlines and da-da-da-da-da. He's trying to wear you down by getting you to toil. Toil is stress. Listen, when you start getting things piled up in your life, you need to right there go, Father, see this pile? I give it all to you. I refuse to toil, I, I, and I thank you that I'm going to get everything done. And I, I ref I'm not going to worry. I'm not going to stress. I refuse to. It also means to afflict. It means to disturb and to make miserable. Vexed with unclean spirits, notice, and they were healed. Well, wait a minute. This is just vexed with unclean spirits. They needed to be healed? Probably the number one thing that makes everybody sick is stress. Oh, we think that's just a, well, I'm just stressed. Be careful. That stress will lead to Heart problems and all kinds of problems because your body was not made to stress. Your body was made to rest. And what that means, even the world doesn't know. They think resting is, let me go fishing. Nope, nope, nope. You could go fishing and be all stressed. 
No, because you start, all of a sudden, you go on this wonderful fishing trip, which I don't understand, but you know, if you go on the wonderful fishing strip, trip, right? And so you're fishing, and oh man, you leave Friday, and then it's wonderful, you know, you have this nice time, and Saturday morning's really great, Sunday, about 11 o'clock, you start to go, man, we got to leave, and oh, I have so much... And, and, and you're sitting there after three days of what you would consider rest. In three seconds, enough thoughts hit you about what you're going to face next week that it erased all that rest. But now, no, not us. We're Christians. We realize that rest means I cease from my own works and I just work out what he's working in. See, so we're going to look at these nine healing events. They were all healed. Now, it's real interesting about this. We'll talk more about it, but it's real interesting how God was using this to establish the leadership of the early church. In the book of Acts, every one of these events, it only, it only mentions leaders in the church, pastors or leaders in the church. It never mentions the lay people. The reason why, it's not that the lay people do not do the work of the ministry. It's just it's the early church. And God is, is showing that I'm establishing my church in demonstration and power. That's the only reason. So as we go through these events, don't let Satan sit there and go, well, yeah, but that's Peter and that's this guy and that's that guy. That's not me. I'm just, you know, I'm just Tony. No, 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 no. You are a world changer. You are to walk and live, walk in healing. You're to experience it, experience the blessings of God, and then to walk and give everybody your fruit under the anointing and let God bear all that fruit through you. That's what we're to do. Well, that's what I have for you this evening. I mean, I have a lot more, but I'm just going to be nice. We've had some good stuff to chew on, right? God wants you well. I want to encourage you, don't put up with any symptoms. You take the word of God. You know enough, and you believe that you receive your healing. And you just thank God every moment of every day for it. Every time the Holy Spirit leads you. Pain hits your body. Father, I thank you I'm healed. I thank you that the healing power of God is working in my body, affecting a cure in me from the tip of my head to the soles of my feet. Not only, not only will I get through this and I'm healed of this, but it'll never come back. Right? Amen. Let me pray for you. Father.